You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Kia ora. I'm Sarah Whiting and I'm a facilitator from Core Education and one of the focuses that I facilitate with schools is around collaborative practice and I'm here with my co-host Angela and I'll let her introduce herself. Kia ora Bano. my name is Angela Vermeulen and I'm also a facilitator for Core Education. So this morning Sarah's going to start her, to talk about her journey at Clarkville School around the collaborative spaces and collaborative practice. So whilst teaching, I was fortunate enough to go through a journey with Clarkville School for five years into collaborative learning environments. And it wasn't an overnight journey. It was a journey that did take time. And it's really important to, when you're looking at your own practices, to not just jump in at the deep end, look at one thing at a time. Mm. Um, So we started off by establishing teams, collaborative teams. So uh, room names went. And we became teams, and I was in team launch, which was the year zero to two space. And so I've got a very junior perspective on the way a collaborative learning team can develop, and whereas, and you've got a slightly different viewpoint from the other end of the spectrum. Mm. So in terms of collaborative learning environments, the thing that really is key for our the functionality of our team was to make sure that we were all on the same page. So the teachers were all considered to be a unit. We would, did not ever present ourselves as individual children's ch- teachers so that we would come as a collective. We would have learning conferences together. We would also have the children Uh, distributed throughout the day so for example if I had a child for literacy we made every effort to have the other teacher in the team to have that child for numeracy didn't always work out that way Mm -hmm. but we tried our best to ensure that everybody shared the responsibility of the children. Can you explain about because I just love this about the fairy wings (laughs) because that's you know it's such a subtle So um, within our team, we had three teachers and each teacher had a different role, particularly in the morning. We had a program called Chill in the Morning. And if you do get a chance to go to Clarkville and see it, it's a wonderful program to see. Um, It's about children leading their learning and it was linked to their inquiries for the term. So each teacher would have a responsibility. And this was something that we had worked with parents to establish what they wanted, as well as the children. One teacher would be the meet and greet, so the front of house. They'd be the first face that teachers... Yeah, (laughs) first face that um, parents and children would meet and say hey um, to and just a big, you know, how things going, what you've been up to, all those sort of things. And we rotated that. Uh, The second teacher would be... um, Well, the other two would be floating, floating fairies. Uh, We use the word floating fairies because the word floater seemed to have other <laughs> other meaning. So we use the floating fairies and the wings came into place. So these are the two teachers who were probably the key um, key roles in the morning because they were the ones that would wander around the room and engage with children in their learning activities. So what I should explain really is that Chill in the Morning is about, there would usually be four areas and to do with different parts of brain development. And these activities were established based on the focus for inquiry and what the children were wondering so we'd always have conversations with the children in terms of what they were going to learn and then the floating fairy would go in and support that learning so ask the questions take photos and engage 
Um, and it was, and the reason we included the parents is because they got very confused when we tried to mm. introduce these roles, and they they wanted to know what it all meant. So the wings gave a really clear visual, visual mm. not only for the kids but for the parents. And I remember talking to one girl, and I said, um, "Do you think that?" the floating fairy is a teacher and this was based on a comment of um a visitor had said about you know how can you justify floating around um when learning needs to happen and i asked her about it and she goes yeah of course you're a teacher because you're helping me when i need you to and they love having that person to call upon so the floating fairy actually became part of the whole program for the whole day Mm. so you have a slightly different way of looking at the floating fairy ant. <laughs> Do you want to explain? Yeah, we didn't have side? the wings. <laughs> um, so the w- once we had built into the values and we were heading down the collaborative, um, the the theory of the power of three came into play. So we were ori- originally two teams and we went then into three teams with three teachers. Um, and it was really um, incredible to have the agency. I think that was really important. We were given agency to try out new things. So the three teams you you might visit, Breen's, and it will look different in the three teams. Um, one of the teams, uh, and and again, really important with the names, so not classrooms anymore. This, the children still may have been put into class for role purposes, but um, we actually did a lot of research and took time to name to the team names. We thought that was really important. So there was Aoraki, Pauakai and Hedi Order, and that's based on the uh, local area of the school. So we're actually looking, you know, not just a tree name or something that doesn't, it has to actually relate. Um, and so again, yes, we have the, the two teachers teaching and the one teaching roving, not the rover. <laughs> Maybe we should have been dressed like a rover. Um, and so when two teachers are teaching, one teacher is, is around, again, supporting um, we started off a bit slowly, so every morning, you know, to get into it to begin with, we would just have um, the whole team to get together, and it was about changing the language that we use with the students. So no longer, right, you're, in, I'm your teacher. We are your teachers. We are your Absolutely. mentors or coaches. And and I know that even that word teacher now is starting to change. The word classroom and schools are starting to change to you know learning hubs and think tanks, and so it's really exciting. But um, we began by taking um, everything out of the classrooms, everything that belonged to the teacher went into a think tank and that was the, uh, you know, so that the learning areas were only around the students and reimagining the spaces that uh, three, four classrooms now changed into one became a paired room, one was the teaching room where the two teachers taught at one time, one was the group room, so this is where all the group work happened and one was the cave so that was the quiet space but it was always also the te wahiwananga which was our meeting room in the morning where we would come together waita karakia sing a song so the different co-teaching strategies that happened throughout the day was really important we didn't use one co-teaching strategy at any point it was just actually what fit in did you because we found at clarkville that actually um there was a time and place for each type of Teacher strategy, so it was the same. Yeah, yeah. In the morning, it was usually one teacher leading, the other two support. um, But then we broke out into two teachers teaching different groups. What I I think what was um, the the point where I just thought, my gosh, this was powerful, was when when you're with a group and no longer do you have to. You can just really focus on the group in front of you because you know the other children are supported. So you can have a a larger group of ten to fifteen students. 
and they have your undivided attention for that whole time. Could you um, just really, because I know that you talk a lot about your second chance river. Oh, the, the, the floating river. Yeah. So that was just a chairs or ottomans or poofs or whatever they're called sort of in the centre because in the teaching room you'd have two teachers in either corner teaching at the same time. So one could be literacy, one could be numeracy. We didn't have specific numeracy hours. Um, and that second chance river was for when a teaching was happening uh, at any time because students worked independently when they weren't with a group. They could just come in and sit and listen to the group because I mean, how many times have you sat in a classroom teaching a group and you'll have that wee boy or girl who's just watching you? And and you, I used to say, I mean, I'm so guilty of it. I used to say, you know, get back on with your work. This isn't your group, but actually why can't they just sit and listen to this group they're still wanting to learn so that second chance river is cool the kids can just come in and and sit and listen to the group without that that anxiety of having to contribute if they want to contribute even if it's not their group by all means they're still learning and so the kids love that especially the ones who may not like to sit in the group and contribute they can just sit back with you know um and the boys you know if if you're doing a really cool thing around uh, you know, rugby, or you'll tend to get some boys who just want to come along and sit and listen, and, and they'll want to chip in as well, which is really cool. So it's that uh, anytime, anywhere learning. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, t- totally ubiquitous. It's, it's about having that voice as well. Those, I mean, a lot of the things in, within our room, the children had a say about whether it was going to happen, yeah. and we'd ask, we had to be get, get really brave at getting feedback because you want to know that actually, if that's not working. You've got to change it, and they always would come with a solution. Yeah. But that always extended to the teaching team itself. So that feedback was always there. Yeah. And if you gather student voice with changes, you have to act on it. Um, we, we did um, some surveys around writing, and our students clearly told us they no longer, they didn't want whole class writing. They want it in small groups. So the literacy changed at school where we did not, have reading groups write, uh, and writing, it was literacy hour, so the, the reading and writing happened together and the students really, well, we listened to their feedback. So in terms of a collaborative learning environment, it's about every single person in that space contributing yeah. to what happens in the learning that's... Yeah. yeah, and I know teachers want to know about what's that actually look like, what are the students doing when they're not in a group, and that could be podcast three, so you might have to listen to number three to find that out as well. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. Ciao for now. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.